right here on Never Had It So Good. Where are they now? A look back at the athlete's journey, a walk down memory lane all the way up to the present, a discussion about teammates, impact coaches, competition, and how their team prepared them for real life. We groove with it all. Host David Riley, Tim Moore, and Princess Cooper, live on www.NeverHadItSoGoodSportsRadio.com. All right, welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. It's Monday, and it's time for Never Had It So Good. Where are they now? Our guest tonight will be Joe Pentry, Coach Joe Pentry. We'll get him in in just a moment. I am Princess Cooper with my co-host, Duck Riley, and also Tim Moore. Gentlemen, how are we today? Doing well, Princess, after I hear the the (laughs) (laughs) pre-talk. I tell you all every time, some some things we say in um, off air is priceless. Yeah, no <laughs> and, doubt, and should be and should be on for sure. Maybe it shouldn't, because then that'll reveal some other stuff. But gentlemen, how was your weekend, Tim Moore? You were traveling again and giving us an update on what gas mileage gas is like all over the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I had a good weekend actually. I was I was stunned when I went through Kentucky and saw gas like forty cents cheaper than it is where I left. And then I got to Ohio mm-hmm. and uh, and outside Dayton it was even cheaper than that. And I was like I was like what in the world is going on here? But I um yeah. but I had a great time. My uh, college roommate was given a, a, a distinguished alumni award at our university this weekend, so we we had a really good time spending uh, spending that. Uh, that celebration together. Amen. Amen. And, Duck Raleigh, how about yours, sir, before we get Coach Pentry in here? Uh, uh, Princess, I live through Tim. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do this with you. I can't do this with you. Okay. I'm concerned that you're still not mobile. I I assume you watched a lot of football. And, Duck, why were – the 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 Mountaineers not on this weekend. I, I missed that. Did I just miss the game? Duck, can you fill that in for me? Probably, you know, T, you know, CBS and NBC wanted a break and because Duck, you, you know when the mountain the Mountaineers are on, they they always kind of break the you know uh, the record really? as far as you know the number of people that are watching and stuff like that. You know, right now they're right. Right behind Colorado. <laughs> so West Virginia is getting about ten point two million per game too. I hadn't seen that anywhere, but Duck, I'm glad that you're living in the fantasy world. We're gonna go ahead and get Coach Pentry in here. Coach Pentry, welcome to the show, sir. Well, thank you. Glad to be a part of your show. Thank you. We're, we're happy to have you, Coach Duck, and and Tim Moore. You guys get started. I'll be along in a moment. Okay, I, I coach. It's, it's an honor to have you on the show with us, coach. It's long overdue, man. Oh, I know it, Doc. It's uh, been a long time since I've seen you. We've conversed a little bit back and forth, and I kind of followed your grandson, and uh, so uh, we got to get together. Uh, by a side note, your hometown on North Fork, West Virginia, 
I've got a place up outside of Beckley at Flat Top Lake, and we were up there, and I ride motorcycles, and a bunch of uh, three or four of us, my friends, took a motorcycle ride and went through North Fork, West Virginia, home of Duck Riley. <laughs> it, could, it don't look the same, does it? <laughs> no. I remember when I recruited you and you and your mother there. You were at uh, North Fork High School. Yeah, I that's been a few years, Doc. Oh yeah, Coach, and and, and I want to give you your flowers now, Coach, because of you, you kind of guided my career. You you took me to West Virginia, took me to Philadelphia, and then when football was all said and done, which you brought me down to the Carolina Panthers and let me intern with you. So hey, yeah. my 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 hats hats off to you, Coach. Thank you very much, Doc. I would tell you, you're you're one of those people. You you have. Uh, earned everything you've gotten and uh i hope that you're a happy individual right now uh, i i'm hoping my wife is happy but yeah i'm, I'm good coach <laughs> yeah that's the key <laughs> that is the key oh yeah coach what, what... Kind of bring us up to how you got started. You know, take us all the way back to Oceana and how you got started playing. You coach, you played multiple sports. So how did that get started? How did you get started doing that? Well, you know, Duck, I kind of grew up out in the country like you did. You know, my dad was a coal miner, like most of the men down that area, and. We lived out behind the Matheny grade school, and there was a basketball court and a softball field and all that there. And I just loved being involved in it, playing basketball on that little pickup court. And uh, we'd play uh, football, you know, as a, as a youngster and baseball. And then I ended up going to, to Oceana High School and, and then when I was a freshman in high school, I got rheumatic fever and uh, couldn't play any sports my sophomore year. Man, and I missed it. And in my junior year, I said, I'm going to do them all. So I played football, basketball, and, and track for junior and senior year. And then I was fortunate enough, Virginia, and played uh, there and started as a sophomore and then got hurt in a game against Virginia Tech and couldn't play anymore. And Coach Bowden, uh, the St. Bobby, gave me an opportunity to uh, be a student assistant and then a graduate assistant, and then he hired me. Uh, he probably didn't know what he was doing, but he, he hired me and gave me an opportunity <laughs> to be the freshman coach, and then I just kind of moved up and uh, loved the coaching and uh, that was the start of it, and I did it for about 45-some years. Now, Coach, when you were in high school, was you, were you, your ambition, was, was it to go away to college? Because I know, like you, my choices coming out of high school was either the service, the coal mines, or hopefully get a scholarship to go to college. I don't know. How about you, Coach? Well, I did have – a couple opportunities, and matter of fact, the I was originally going to go to Duke. I had signed the scholarship papers with Duke, and then uh, we had played. We won the state basketball championship that year, and I, when I was at Oceana, 
and I guess the West Virginia coaches were there and saw that, and and they had been in touch with me during the football season, and so then they offered a scholarship to me, and my dad said, you're going to West Virginia, so that's how I ended up there, so I was very fortunate and thankful for that. Coach, in your junior and senior year, you were talking about, I remember you said you missed out on your sophomore year, but your junior and senior year, when did it hit you that hmm, I possibly could get a scholarship? When did you realize that? Well, to be truthful with you, Duck, it was not until recruiting was different back in those days, as you know. Uh, but during my uh, football season, uh, towards the end of it, there were some college coaches who came around and talked to me and other ones who called. So, but I didn't expect it, Duck. I'll be honest with you. You know, Oceana High School is about like Northport. Matter. It, it was the same classification. And uh, I didn't expect it. And then basketball season started, and we, we ended up winning the state tournament in basketball that year. We'd been good and more of them started coming around so I started to think that maybe I'll have a chance and then when they Duke offered me a scholarship and I went down for a visit but that's that's kind of how it happened I mean it I never expected to be honest with you okay well because you know man you know you're coaching on coach Bowden's staff what did you take from coaching at West Virginia that you were able to apply to some of the other schools that you went to before you went into the pros? Well, first of all, Bobby Bowden is, was probably the biggest influence on my life other than my dad. And the way he treated people, the way he handled people, but that part of it was huge. The other part was the technical part of it, that uh, people didn't know this about Bobby, but he was a great quarterback coach, a great offensive coach. And I learned more from him about developing offenses and utilizing the players in your offense. You know, you got Danny Bugs, you got those guys, how to utilize those guys in your offensive schemes. And I owe all of that to Bobby and, the meticulous detail that you need uh, to always be aware of, that you have to take care of all the small details or they'll end up being large problems. Okay. Coach, man, you're coaching college. Were you, were you looking forward to staying in college or were you ready to move on to the pro level? You know, after I uh, – uh, left West Virginia. I went to the University of Pittsburgh, which some people have never forgiven me for. And I was around the Steeler coach. I was around the Steeler, you know, Pittsburgh Steeler staff a lot. And then I, I I had aspirations and a goal to to get into the NFL or into pro football. And then I had the opportunity with the Philadelphia Stars when that pro league started, and. Once I, once I got that opportunity, I knew I was going to take it because I just had that. That was kind of a goal of mine to do it, and so the USFL gave me that opportunity. And I want to add 
Duck. That crew we had together there at Philadelphia, that was as much fun as I have ever had in coaching, coaching you guys. You know, they, everybody um, wanted to play. Everybody got along. And, and of course, we won, which makes it a heck of a lot better. <laughs> Turn you over to Tim. Coach Pendria, I am – Tremendously honored to uh, have an opportunity to speak with you. I um, grew up in Bluefield, Virginia, and I oh, remember. Right down the road. Yes, sir. <laughs> and I remember the um, the newspaper's general uh, manager, or uh, the general editor, Stubby Currents, uh, always said that you were one of the absolute greats to come out of this region. And so I'm I'm honored to have the opportunity to speak with you. Um, well, talk to us thank a little you. bit. It's my honor. Yes, sir. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit, if you would, about uh, the um, leaving the Pittsburgh Maulers of the USFL and going to coach for the Cleveland Browns. Um, the Cleveland Browns had some tremendous, a couple of tremendous years where they went to the AFC Championships with um, uh, some outstanding running backs, Kevin Mack and Ernest Biner. Um, talk to us a little bit about the experience uh, of being in Cleveland with what many people thought to be the best team in the league at that time and, and how that fan base and that city uh, got behind that team. Yeah, that was a special time. And probably the people in Cleveland will still tell you that was probably as good a time for Cleveland sports, uh, Cleveland football, as there has been. Yeah, we were uh, – Marty Schottenheimer hired me there, and uh, we, uh, we brought in a rookie quarterback, Bernie Kozar, in 85, mm-hmm. and uh, we had two great running backs, Ernest Biner and Kevin Mack. They are one of three sets of running backs ever in the NFL who both of them gained 1,000 yards in a season. Very few people have known that in 1985. Right. And then we went uh, uh, 86, after 86, 87 season, we end up playing the AFC championship game and then uh, – Still bad memories of losing those two to Denver. Then mm-hmm. eighty-eight after the eighty-eight season, we uh, we got beat in the playoffs, and then uh, Mr. Modell and, uh, and Marty Schottenheimer for some reason didn't see eye to eye, so they let uh, him go, and we all left and went to Kansas City. So uh, we we won a bunch of games there also, but to Cleveland that fan base. The dog pound, I mean, it was special during those years. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, I, I tell people uh, oftentimes if uh, if the Cleveland Browns ever got to a Super Bowl, that, that parade that they saw that was Bedlam when the Cleveland Cavaliers won the championship will look yeah. like uh, a Sunday school picnic because that is a football town. And no doubt about that. You've got that exactly right. They – I mean, our first playoff game that we played, I don't know if they'd had one before then. It was crazy, the whole city. And, and I I think it was, we were just talking, it was after we had won our last game or won a, a playoff game, we come, my wife and kids and I come out in the parking lot after the game, and, you know, they got these 55-gallon uh, barrels there that they use as trash barrels. People mm-hmm. have... They put all the trash in and lit them up, and they're sleeping there so they can get in line for their tickets for the next morning. 
Because <laughs> it's plenty cold in Cleveland that time of year. Oh, it right? was cold now. <laughs> this is January. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, let me shift gears if I if I can. Um, you went to Alabama with uh, Nick Saban. Uh, understand yeah. you were um, living in a small town in Kentucky, and he came and called on you, and you uh, you went to Alabama and had some success there as well. Yeah, we uh, Nick and I Nick and I have been friends for oh forever. I mean, my roommate in college, who happened to be Joe Manchin, the U.S. senator, was from the same area Nick hmm. was from. So I I saw Nick play high school football and then we hired him at West Virginia so Nick and I've been friends forever and then I had retired from the NFL and then he uh, he was at Miami and then we had stayed in touch over the years and he came down here and we worked it out and I came here and and thought I'd stay for uh, a couple years and uh, we won our second year, we won all of our regular season games and got beat in the SEC championship. And the third year, we won it all. So that went on getting your blood. But then what got me, <laughs> Tim, what got me was the recruiting. You know, I've been in pro football for 20-some years. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you don't recruit there. The recruiting right. got to me, so I decided that I'd let some of the younger guys recruit. So since then, I've kind of been a consultant and advisor, and I'm still doing it for Alabama. Okay. Fantastic. Duck, go ahead. Coach, and you, you, Coach, can you kind of talk about how much the recruiting has changed? Because I just heard the other day talking to a coach, uh, a kid told him for $5,000 they would take a visit to his school. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, uh, I heard some of the guys at uh, at the Alabama office talking about that. It, Duck, it has changed so much. Even, even when I got out of it, the recruiting, what got me out of it, is you're on the phone all the time, you're texting, you're doing all that. And I, I told Nick, if I'm going to be on the phone and texting, it'll be with my grandkids, not with somebody else's kids. But, but now, with the NIL, and I'm not against the NIL. I think players deserve part of that, Doc. You know, you got $15 a month when you were in school. But I think they need that. But they there needs to be some sideboards, guardrails on it, that everybody gets the same. But now it mm-hmm. looks like that it's, it's just off the rails. And I heard that same thing, that some kids just say, well, we'll we'll come visit you for a uh, an official visit uh, for five thousand dollars. I mean, that's that's yeah. we we've got to do something about it. I I think the transfer portal in certain instances will be good if a if a kid for a certain reason uh, wants to transfer for get back closer to home or those things. Now, I think they need to sit out a year if they're going conference staying within the conference but then and put put some guardrails on the nil uh, uh because i'm worried about what it's going to do to college football if they don't so how how do you feel about uh joe manchin and tubbleville uh trying to trying to put those guardrails on it well they're trying i know nick is nick uh, knows joe really well too and uh, because they're from the same area, and uh, Nick and 
some of the SEC officials have gone up to visit with them to where there is a uh, a common ground for everybody for NIL. And I think there are other people in politics who have proposed some things too. But right now it looks like that they've got enough problems handling other things that they're not worried too much in Washington about uh, NIL. And, 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 I, and I get it, Coach, but I'm, I'm, I, I kind of feel like you feel, and I'm sure Tim, Coach, they, they got to do something because you got guys making $8.3 million, making more than a coach. So how hard is that to coach this kid? He's making more than any of the coaches in the, in the NCAA. But, you know, I never, I, I, never, I never thought – I mean – in the NFL, when I coached there, I coached a bunch of guys who made more than I did. So I don't think – I really don't think that is a problem. What I always felt when I was coaching in the – if if I was a coach who was coaching a guy that made a million a year and I could help him make two million, I never had any problems with him. Because if if I always felt as a coach, if I knew what I was talking about, if I treated him fairly and I could improve his craft, it didn't matter how much money he made, I, I didn't have any problems. So I never had any of those problems in all of my career in coaching college or NFL. But the one thing I worry about is what's it going to do to the chemistry of the team? That's all, That's mm. what I worry about. With some guys way up there at, at that high level and some guys – not and they both got to do the same things in practice. Both have to run, run the same wind sprints. Both have to do, go right. through the same tackling drills. That's what concerns me. Okay. Okay. Texas. Uh, Coach Pendry, I think I'm the only one on here that was not born in West Virginia or no West Virginia. <laughs> I was born and raised in. in in Gainesville, Florida, sir. So I know about your Alabama wins for sure. So well, we, um, we we will make you an honorary West Virginian then. Thank you. I've been asking <laughs> Duck and Tim that for five years, and they denied me. Thank you, Tim. I really <laughs> appreciate <laughs> appreciate that. I want to ask you, what are your Saturdays like now? Um, do you prepare to watch some college football? Um, and are there some teams, Alabama? What do you do on Saturdays during college football season? Well, I'm still involved with uh, University of Alabama. I'm a okay. advisor consultant. So, uh, matter of fact, I'm in Tuscaloosa right now. Uh, okay. I'm kind of down here. And, and uh, one thing about being an advisor and consultant is you're always right. So I kind of <laughs> like that. <laughs> you know. But then I, I try to help uh, whatever I can. But I I watch uh, – I love college football. You know, I love, when I was first started in the early 70s coaching college, I enjoyed the heck out of it. And then I, I loved pro football. But at the end of my career coming back to college, I could not have been more fortunate uh, mm-hmm. to get to do it because I'm a little older and, and – I think I had a little more compassion for the players, and I really enjoyed it. But I, I'm, 
I follow West Virginia and I follow Alabama. Okay, okay. So I'll end with this one. Tell me your thoughts about taking the college football playoffs now from maybe four teams to eight teams or 12 teams. Your thoughts about that? Well, I I know a lot of people are for the 12-team playoff. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not one of them. Do the reason right right now. You're going to play 12 games. Yeah. And if you if the, under the current program of four teams, that means that you then you play your 13th game for your division. I mean for your conference. Yep. Your conference. In this case, mm-hmm. SEC conference championship. Then you play two more games. That's 15 yep. games they're playing already and going to school. Well, they go to 12 teams. They're going to add at least two more games to those. Yeah. I, I I'm not. I, so I'm not for that. I, I I don't know what the answer is. I'll be honest with you. Whether it's to stay at four, go back to the old BCS of where it was two teams, like it was when 2009 and and 2011-12 when we won our first national championships at Alabama. Uh, when there were just two teams in it, uh, but but I'm I'm not I'm not all for all those extra games. If if they would give more credence to the bowl games that are being played now, and, and then and use that somehow as the ranking system at the end, without adding a lot more games, I, I think that'd be a little bit more fair. Yeah. Yeah. I said that was the last one, but I want to get your thoughts. Did you see um, the Pac-12 uh, doing, you know, dissipating like it has and, and, and now moving on to different conferences? Could you anticipate this, or was this a shock to you? No, I, I never thought that that would happen. That uh, I thought, still think that eventually there will be four to five major conferences and become more regionalized. That's what I was hoping that, you know, you'd have mm-hmm. uh, uh, Eastern and Southeastern over a little bit towards Texas, uh, Mid-America, uh, Big Ten expand, and then the – and get get six, maybe 80 teams in them. But I – all this travel that these players are going to be doing now, and it's not just football. Yeah. In football, they play once a week. So yeah. let's say Southern Cal has to go play Rutgers. Well, there's, that's going to be one weekend, and they'll probably schedule it. So the next weekend or two, they'll be at home. And But how about volleyball? How about baseball? How about all these other sports that don't get that uh, charter? that are going to fly private or, I mean, going to fly commercial. That's what concerns yeah. me. I, so I'm concerned about that, Francis. Yeah, and I get it, that for sure. And I think that's some of the major concerns that they're going to have to worry about, considering the Big Ten now has 18 teams. Coach Pender, you have to come back. Um, we've enjoyed this. I know that I have. I appreciate you being on. Well, thank you very much, and I appreciate what you all do. Have a great day. Yes, sir. Next time you're going to have to give us some Duck Rally secrets. 
you know, some well, things that ducks uh, are to do. Yeah. I, I guess I, I'll give you some dirt on the duck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, duck told me sometimes. Thank you, Coach. I love you, Coach. Right. Have a good day. <laughs> All right, that's Coach Pendry. Um, I am Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, Duck Riley. Thank you. We'll see you in the top of the hour here in about two minutes. Never had it so good. <laughs> 